0: Well, good morning, family. I am Mark, and I'm the director of worship here. And for this morning, I get to also uh, put on the role of bringing you a thought, a message from God's word this morning. So we've been talking about a series called Independence, being dependent upon God. The first week, we talked about letting go, which is probably one of the most difficult parts of being dependent on someone because letting go requires something of us to relinquish that many of us are hard-pressed to relinquish, and that's called control. Because when we let go and let God, that phraseology, you've heard that churchy word, let God and let go. Let go and let God, and all the world will be happy and content, right? Isn't that how it happened in your life? You've let go and let God, and everything just worked out just plumb wonderful. But no, we got that little bit of control that we hold back. That little bit of stuff that we want to just say, oh, I can't completely let it go because what if God gets it wrong? I mean, I have a plan, right? I have visions and dreams. Church, we got a plan, right? We got visions and we got dreams of where we're headed, and then all of a sudden, We hit a bump. Something unexpected. So do we pack up and go home? So do we call it quits? Do we say, oops, we didn't intend to go here? Whoops, let's just call it a day. No, because in the next week we talked about another word that comes in after we let go and let God. And it's another word that's just as difficult sometimes as letting go, as relinquishing control. And that word is trust. You trust someone, you put your trust in a leader, you put your trust in God, you put your trust in government, you trust that chair that you're sitting in right now that it's going to hold you behind. My chair bounces up and down. I pray every Sunday morning that I've attached the right attachment so that when I sit down, I just go whoop. I trust in gravity. I'm enjoying it right now. I trust that I'm not gonna fly. But trust is something that we can talk about really easily, right? It's this concept. But when it's put into practice, That's where we kind of get off kilter, right? It becomes more than just a word. Trust becomes an action that has to happen. Trust. You trust a leader. We trust our government. And sometimes that word trust is misplaced. Are you ready for what I'm about to say? You know what's coming, right? Sometimes when we put our trust in something other than the foundational principles of Jesus Christ we are always disappointed. When we put our trust in something and we put something on a pedestal where it should never be, should never be in the first place, and it gets knocked down, knocked off, what's the first thing we want to do? Oh, well, this was a good idea. Let's pack it up and go home. But when we trust and we depend upon God, then when those moments come, and let's be frank, can we be real? The last few weeks have been not fun. The last few weeks for leadership in our church haven't been groovy. And it leads us to, and I get the pleasure of being able to bring you this word. Because once we let go of what we once visioned, which is so hard and so difficult, we want to hold on to that baby right we have this vision for what should be we have this vision for what can be and we've been building and dreaming and building and dreaming and praying and hoping and thinking and building and dreaming and we know exactly what God wants us to do right we know exactly where God's leading and boom something happens and we get knocked off our track well God did we get it wrong God did we not hear from you and then all of a sudden, this worry sets in. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? I, I, I just, I don't understand. I'm so disillusioned. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. What are we gonna, what's going to happen? How are we going to make it? What's going to happen? And the whole time, God is just standing here, waiting. How much of our lives is spent where God is just standing around waiting for us? Because it leads to today. So we've talked about letting go. We've talked about trust. Today is called provision. Provision. I am a firm believer that God protects his church. And that despite of us, despite ourselves, despite our misgivings, despite everything in the world that we could do in our flesh, in our sinfulness, despite everything, Can I remind you today that God is still God and he is still on the throne. And let me let you in on another secret. You ready for this one? This is a good one. You might wanna write this down. Nothing shocks God. Nothing that has happened in your life, who you are, what you are, nothing in the life of our church has shocked God. Can I even tell you the last five weeks has not shocked God. Because if I believe, and we believe, as we profess, we've had words, we've, we've used words, we've, we've gone to church, we've been churchy, we've used all the church words, now real life smacks us upside of the head, and we have to claim and hold on to the foundation, foundation principles that we have in our faith. And if we believe that God has a plan for us, a plan not to harm us, but to give us hope and a future, then we have to believe that God has a plan for us. I thought that would definitely get an amen. That's okay. So let's talk about it. Jesus loved to talk in parables, and he loved to talk in words. Well, we all love to talk in words, right? (laughs) Not me. Can you hear me now? I'm I'm thinking my words. So here it is. We find it in Matthew 6. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. So this is the most annoying scripture to me in the world. And I'll explain to you afterwards. But this is one of the most, if ever you want to get under my skin, let me have a bad day and then read this scripture. So that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Oh, shut up. (laughs) And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Ugh, stop talking to me. So don't worry about these things saying, what will you eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Here's an important part. You ready? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, sometimes we just skip right over to, and he will give everything you need. Consider the lilies. Consider the birds. God will give you everything you need, except we forget that lovely little first part of that verse. Seek the kingdom of God. Because I trust you, when we begin to seek the kingdom of God, our priorities will change of what we think we need. Can I say that again? I thought that was going to get an amen too. (laughs) You are really letting me down today. When we seek the kingdom of God, sometimes our priorities change. What we thought was important, hear me, family of Christ, what we thought was important, when we seek the kingdom of God and he says, Move on. When we seek the kingdom of God, and He says, "Pause." When we seek the kingdom of God, and He says, "Reevaluate and live righteously," and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. You ready? Right. This was a good one. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So, Well, there you go. I'm a good Southern Baptist and my parents are watching, so there you go. I've converted a Lutheran church. We're all going to heaven now. We're all going to heaven. So I hate preaching because oftentimes God will give me an example in real life to be able to share with you on Sunday mornings about the topic I'm preaching. Or teaching, let's use that word, I'm teaching. So I had an example this week. So when we seek God, and God promises us provisions in our life, there are generally three answers. I I turned 43 on Friday. As I'm old now, I I have wisdom. Someone today said I looked very wisdomly. It's the grays coming in. There are three answers that God gives us. You ready for them? One answer is go, do, you got this. For the kingdom, man. Get on your horse and ride. That's an answer. Then God says sometimes stay, stop, no, be still. But there's a third answer, and I hate it, because sometimes God says, wait, wait. Patience is not up there on my spiritual gifts. It's like on the third page. So this week I had a patient moment, a testing. I went to Safeway in Monument. Yes, I'm going to call out Safeway and Monument. I went in, got my little mini mini grocery cart. I got my limes and my tonic water so I could make my juice. That's what I'm going to call it, my juice. And I was getting it for a friend. And... And I round the corner, I round the corner, and there it was. There it was. Ten lanes of checkout. And only two open. With lines down the aisle. Oh, man. I'd had a bad day. I'd had a heck of a day. And here I round the corner, and there are 10 cash-out lanes, and only two of them are open, and there are lines. What is wrong with you people? So, in my impatientness, I went and put the tonic water back on the shelf. I took the limes, and I put them in the orange section just to make my point. (laughs) I rolled my buggy, and out the door I went. Drove all the way home to Palmer Lake, long drive. Got sat down in my car and I got sat down in my seat in my living room and guess what? You idiot, you don't have limes or tonic water. (laughs) And as I was preparing to express to you today about what needed to be said, this moment came back into my brain. Because my impatience to just hang out and wait, denied me something I wanted, denied me something I could have had, but because I wasn't patient enough, I missed out on it. Now, that's the first time you'll ever hear a vodka tonic in that kind of a story. (laughs) I think it's written in the Bible somewhere. How many times, church, this isn't what I want out the door? Uh Uh-oh, it's getting real now. This isn't how I like it, I'm out. This marriage isn't for me, I'm out. This parenting thing, I'm done. You can just hang out till you're 18. See ya at the wedding. I say that, but so many do. There are people who do check out parenting. We get to the point where God says wait. God says, hang on, because I have a plan for you. But wait, hang on, I've got something for you. Oh, forget about it. I know that plan isn't there because I'm frustrated right now. And I need to see movement now. Quick, quick, quick. I have a plan laid out now. This is exactly how I want to go. This is how life is supposed to go. This is what life is supposed to be, God. I have it right here, right now. But things change. And do we give up? Things change, do we walk? Or do we find ourselves rooted and grounded in an unshakable faith in Christ Jesus that isn't based on someone or something, that isn't put in trust of our government? That isn't put in trust of something other than that thing that distracts us from the truth. And the truth being our faith, rooted, grounded, that will get us through any storm, any trial, any circumstance we find. In Psalm, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 40. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Verse 28. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives, ready for this? This is for you today. Whether or not you know it, you were brought here to hear this exact word that I'm about to say right now. You ready? He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But, oh man, when you read a but in the Bible, you know something's about to be good coming down the pike. Friday, Good Friday, was awful. Christ crucified, death buried, the whole nine yards. But, but Sunday morning. So we find here in verse 31, but those who trust, those who wait, those who are patient, those who seek God, seek kingdom, those who wait on the Lord will find what? New strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That is our promise, church, The world says, no, be strong. The Nike ads, just do it. The world says, keep your act together. The world says, put on a front. The world says, no matter what's going on in your life, just make sure everybody thinks it's all good. That's what the world says. God says, come as you are. Lay it out on the altar. Because guess what? When you're weak, I will be made strong. When you get out of the way, I can be shown. We have a great band. We've got great musicians up here. But they are all for naught if you walk away and go, man, that band was good. But if you walk away going, dude, I worshiped today. That was amazing. I was ushered into the throne room. But those who wait on the Lord will find strength. Let me tell you, from the bottom of where I can speak, from the bottom of my heart, sometimes the things that we think that look to us, death, destruction, dirt, burial, we see those things as awful. We see those things, failures, But God sees them as resurrection. God sees it as fertile soil to begin to build anew. God sees it as the opportunity for resurrection. We come to a crossroads at our church. It's been a rough season, a lot of questions, a lot of things have gone down, can we be frank? So what are we gonna do about it? There's this line that I loved in the opening video that said, so can we count you in? God says that, it isn't about family of Christ. If you leave this room today and you go, "Uh, yeah, that just didn't do it for me, good. I hope you can find a church that you can get plugged in, man. That you can just be on fire somewhere. But if this is your place, if this is your home, if this is where God is leading you to be the sanctuary where you join arms and link arms with leadership, link arms with us at Family of Christ, then this you need to know. You need to know that God is still on the throne and God is in control, period. That today, today, We lay down those things. Today, we ask for forgiveness of those things where we've failed, where we've fallen short. But thanks be to God, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And as a church, as a church that has a mission to reach out, we do it not because we're wanting to be the biggest, greatest, whatever, or trying to be anybody but what God called us to be. We are going to let go. We are going to trust. And we are going to know that God has providing, has a provision for our church. He has a plan. And nothing that has happened has shocked him. And we simply need to walk in the footprints that Christ has already laid out for us. We must now seek God's face. We must now look to him and ask, Father, where do you send us? And we simply say, Here am I, Lord, send me. That should be the motto of every leadership group in our church. Here am I, Lord, send me. Move me. If you want to move me, move me. If you want me here, then God, use me. Challenge you today. Learn what dependent on God is. We've seen this over the last few weeks of having to be utterly dependent upon Christ no one is perfect except the father and it's about time our eyes get fixed upon him and when our eyes remain fixed upon Christ the things of this world grow strangely dim and when our church begins to fix their eyes on Christ you stand back and watch what God wants to do with his people one of the biggest mistakes, I'm, I'm wrapping up here. I had some good thoughts. I'm wrapping up. We'll finish. I know lunch. Oh, never mind. We're early. When I grew up, we had to get out to beat the Pentecostals to, church, to, the, to the buffet. So there's no buffets up here in healthy Colorado. I don't want to invite God to do something here. Can I say that again? I don't want to invite God to join us. I want to join what God is doing. I want to be a part of a church that is joining what God is doing, that is seeking his face, seeking to understand and know and plug into what he's doing. How pitiful it is for us to pray, God, come join us. Get in our little box. No, God, we want to join you. So the question, can I count you in? Can God count you in? That's the simple question. I love you, church. Leadership loves you here. We pray for you. And we continue to do as we move through these next few weeks in this time. So now we're going to go into a time of prayer. And I, I think you've heard the word. And I think you've heard what I believe God wanted you to hear this morning. And now we're gonna seek God's face. I'm gonna simply say, I have no clue. You have no clue. And if anybody today tells you they have a clue of what's going on, they ain't telling you the truth. Because we are dependent totally on God and we are clueless. And guess what? That's exactly where God wants you. That's exactly what God wants you for you and your life. Can we pray together this morning? Father, so many areas, so many things that we simply screw up. And thank you, Father, that you are able to pick up the pieces and put together broken lives and make something beautiful out of it. Thank you, Father, that you're able to weave a tapestry of individuals that are broken and create something that you call the church. Forgive us where we have been short-sighted in what you want to do. Forgive us where we have tried to dictate to you what we need to do. Forgive us, God, in our personal lives, Father, where we have not allowed you to be God. And this morning, Father, we simply let go. We simply acknowledge we're clueless and that we need you. We trust, Father, that you have a plan for us and we know that you have a a way because you are the way maker. You know you have a plan and we just simply must seek it. Seek the kingdom. For those who are hurting, Father, be the great physician. For those in our body and amongst our families and friends, Father, that are far from you or don't know you, Father, may you make yourself known in a fresh and a new way to them. Thank you, Father, for your, your love for us, your love for this motley crew that we call family of Christ. We thank you, Father, that in spite of ourselves, your kingdom come. All God's people said, amen. Love God, love each other, and do good. It'll be amazing what God wants to do in your life with those three principles. Thanks.